listening to Hawks Insiders, home of quality analysis, special features, match recaps, interviews, and so much more. Follow us on Substack for extended coverage of all things brown and gold. Hi everyone, Ashley Brown here. Welcome to Hawks Insiders, our game review podcast. And uh, if you're wondering who the dulcet tones are at the uh, who introduce us every week, that is the voice of Nat Edwards. Friend of the us here at Hawks Insiders, and uh, she is the, the voice you hear introing us to all our and outroing all our podcasts. And we are in a much more chipper mood after Hawthorne's first win of the season with a 19 point win over North Melbourne, Clarko's mob at uh, Hawk Park earlier this afternoon as we record this podcast. Um, Hawthorne 11 14 80, North Melbourne 9 7 61. I am joined by my colleagues, Daniel Printello. Ash, great to be here. Great to be here after a win too. That's uh, that's nice. I, I wasn't expecting it. So nice to be able to digest uh, a, a decent performance. Yes, this will be much more pleasant listening. It was an endurance test the last couple of weeks, this podcast, but this might actually be enjoyable listening. Um, still cathartic, of course. And Brad Klebanski, welcome. Hello, all. Good evening. We get a win. The Bombers lose. Hopefully the Cats go 0-3 tomorrow. The Tanky Cats, if you believe, Hawks Insiders uh, on social media today. Welcome to muck around. We're going to get, get straight into it. Player by player over the next, uh, well, we'll keep it under an hour, unlike the uh, undisciplined performance last week when I was not on the scene. We start in, we go numerical order tonight. You guys have made some special requests in pre-production, so... I've noted those, and uh, the players you specifically want to discuss are all yours. And we start with uh, Harry Morrison, and today for the Hawks, Harry Morrison had uh, 24 disposals, 18 kicks, 6 handballs, 7 marks, 2 tackles, kicked a point, 66% defensive heart, which I think was sort of tipped off the way the team lined up, 67% disposal efficiency, 7 contested possessions, 5 turnovers, 6 intercept possessions, um, he had uh, 371 metres gained and he did not attend a centre bounce. Brad, thoughts the and a rating? Harry Morrison, uh, Harry Morrison game. Consistent, solid, did his job. You can see what type of player uh, he is up for us. Linked up really well, just didn't uh, miss a beat. Showed how important he was uh, to the team. Continued his form from the, you know, from uh, last season when he was really, really solid. But yeah, that's more or less what you're going to get from uh, Harry week in, week out. Just a consistent game, and yeah, you, I'd, I'd give him a seven out of ten. Just a steady hand at the wheel, Harry Morrison. It was just good to see him back in the side. You know, I would have thought that by now he wouldn't be a best twenty-two player, but he uh, proved me wrong last season with an excellent season. Happy to see him back in the side today, and he played well. Number three for Hawthorne is Jai Newcomb, and he had 22 disposals, 15 and seven, seven marks, five tackles, kicked a goal, 63% offensive half. Danny, you put this Daniel and discuss him. I want to uh, pose a question to you about where he played on the ground. He had seven contested possessions. He um, 50% scoring accuracy, eight score involvements. Um, so this was a really good day for him. 12 pressure acts. 504 metres gained. 
and he had he was at twelve centre bounce attendances. Danny, you requested John Newcomb before. Yeah, yours. yeah, and I requested him because of the change in role. He didn't play predominantly through the middle like he has in previous weeks. I mean, he attended twelve centre bounces, which is not bad, but it was more of a high half forward um, sort of role. And I'm not one hundred percent sure why that is. Maybe it's because he competes so well aerially for a guy his size. He's good when the ball hits the ground, so on and so forth. But uh, I thought he was fantastic in a different role. Um, you know, didn't get a lot of it, um, but what he, when he did get it, he was solid with it all the time. He uses the ball really well um, by foot in a really penetrating way. Um, and a few of his um, – I'm thinking especially of one kick, which was out in front to Tyler Brockman, uh, which I think resulted in a goal to Brockman. Um, but yeah, just was, I thought it was really important in a, in a slightly different role. And I thought that was, um, that was really exciting to see from Jai adding those extra um, areas to his game. And a rating? Uh, I gave him a seven and a half out of 10. It's interesting as well. Um, some people looked at the team as it lined up and, and forecast this, that uh, the way the team's shaping up, you know, they can't all play in the midfield and some people are going to have to go for, with the small forward line and there was thoughts that it, that might be um, new components. And I think also the reason he played, I mean, they couldn't all fit in the centre square and given the Nash, we'll get to Connor Nash in a little while, Nash's role effectively was to run with um, Cunnington, had that bigger body on on Cunnington. So I think uh, someone they had to spread the load through the rest of the ground and Newcomb played well. I mean, you wouldn't want to bank, you know, bet the house on him playing out of the forward line every week, but I thought he was serviceable. Number four, Jarman Impey, 17 disposals, 12 and five, six marks, one tackle, 89% defensive half, five contested possessions. He had two turnovers, three intercept possessions, did not score, two score involvements, however, 230 metres gained, um, and he did not attend a centre bounce or anything like that. Brad? Uh, MP was okay. I didn't really uh, notice him. He obviously did his job. Uh, I'd give him a passable game. I reckon five, five to five and a half out of ten. Uh, yeah, I just thought he played his uh, role, but yeah, didn't really uh, notice MP that much. Number five is James Warple. He had fifteen disposal. That would be nine and six. Four marks. A tackle. Kicked a goal. Uh, 81% offensive half, uh, 67% disposal efficiency, seven contested possessions. He had three turnovers, one intercept possession. He had 88 pressure acts, 216 metres gained. He had two centre clearances out of his four clearances. He was at 13 centre bounce attendances. Danny, um, it's almost as if they didn't play. I'd like to know the stats and all this, but I don't not sure how many centre bounces Warple and Newcomb would have been together because it was whoever was uh, in the guts was 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 playing up forward. Yeah, it was a really interesting one, and I think you know we we saw Newcomb work out a way to impart himself on the game. I felt like Warple struggled a lot more to do that. He still kicked a goal, a really important one from a scrubby kick forward. Um, but it was definitely a step back from the first couple of weeks with uh, with with James. He's 
started the season fantastically well, and this was probably just a pass game. I'd give him a five out of 10, but um, there's definitely something going on there with Sam Ash um, with the the rotations and, and, and just changing up what that midfield mix looked like today. And I mean, it paid dividends in the end, didn't it? So we can't, we can't be too critical, but I, I wonder how long that can continue for us to con- get the best out of, uh, out of guys like James Warple. Well, I think today the the stretch of Hawthorne was they mixed things up. I think they really, you know, they're, they're, there's a game style they've been trying to play and they were heavily criticised uh, for it during the week. People like David King took it apart on SEN and Fox footy. But I, but the suggestion was this week and with the stakes at play that they might have, you know, picked it, you know, wanted to win the game and they shook things up tactically because this is, they, you know, they wanted to win the game, and which they did. I think they played it a little bit differently to how they normally would like to play it and, and the way they sort of set up the centre line or the, the centre square and the forward line would be an indication of that. Number six is James Sicily. He had 28 disposals. That was 21 and 7. 18 marks, which I think is the – I saw a stat on Twitter, which I should have captured but did not, but it was uh, might be the most marks taken by anybody or second most for the year or for a while, something like that, but it was uh, – Pretty good performance there. 90% defensive half. Eight contested possessions. He had three turnovers. 90 intercept possessions. He had um, previous marks were contested. 344 metres gained. Uh, Brad, the skipper. Uh, really, really good game from Sis. I know he had a lot of, what do we call it, junk uh, possessions. But uh, defensively today... I thought he had a really, really good game. Won a lot of uh, one-on-ones. Took a few contested marks. Um, but when the team was named on Thursday night, I know we were all a little worried looking at Larkey and uh, Cobden up forward after Blank got dropped. Um, you know, we thought who was, you know, going to be able to play on that, those two guys. But yeah, Frost, who I'm sure uh, we're going to get to shortly, played a really good game. But Sicily supported really well. And I thought it was Sis's obvious, you know, best game of the year so far. And I'd give him an eight and a half out of ten. He was outbodied a couple of times, and a couple of times his positioning wasn't great, but by and large, it was a pretty um pretty uh dominant game yet again from Sicily, who's having a very good year. Probably not tracking at the same form at this stage as he was last year when he should have been. You you know, if they picked the All Australian team after three rounds last year, he would have been in, but um not quite at that level at the moment, but going all right. Ned Reeves, he had uh, well, he had nine disposals, mark a tackle, uh, two tackles, didn't score. Um, he went, he had eight contested possessions, good work there by the big noodle. One turnover, two intercept possessions, only took the one mark for a big man. Probably needs to do a bit more. Twenty-six meters gain, Danny. Uh, so getting and moving the ball is not really his thing. Twenty-five hitouts from. Um, 49 ruck contests and 14 centre bounce attendances. Um, I thought a bit more, I thought it was a better, even though he likes to take a few more marks, I thought it was a better outing from uh, Ned Reese today. I think he showed a bit more aggro. Yeah, I mean, it's probably been a pretty low bar uh, for Ned in terms of improving on his previous outings. The previous outings haven't been good. So this was a step in the right direction. By no means do I think he was good. I thought he battled well in the ruck contest against Goldstein, who's a seasoned uh, and very good ruckman. Um, but yeah, didn't didn't impose himself on the game too much. And 
Uh, I think the stat that I like the most is I think he had five clearances, uh, which would have been right up there with, I think, equal equal first with a number of players uh, on the day for Hawthorne. So that's a great stat. 25 hitouts is a great stat. You want nine touches to be sort of 12 to 15, and you want one mark to be at least four or five. Um, but I'll give him a five out of 10 uh, and hope that we can start to get a little bit more aerial dominance out of him and Lloyd Meek in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, confidence boosted in today. Okay, the next player, uh, it's going to be fun to talk about him because, gee, we got a bit much better game out of him than we have so far this season. It was uh, number eight, Sam Frost. 19 disposals, 12 and seven. Six marks, three tackles, uh, 89% defensive half. Nine contested possessions. He had three turnovers, 12 intercept possessions, one contested mark, uh, 11 pressure acts, 136 metres gained. Um, Brad, we've been calling, we, we've been yeah. we've been asking for more from Frosty, but uh, much, much better game from today. Far less Frosty ball and more effective defending. Yeah, in the first half, there were a few classic Frosty uh, moments. I thought, oh, no, it's going to be a really long day, but he was brilliant uh, today, Frost. Uh, Defensively played a really, really good game and worked much better with Sicily. Unfortunately for James Blank, um, I reckon uh, Frost plays better when he is the number one key defender, not uh, the number two. Um, I think Blank's going to struggle to get back in the side for the next few weeks because I think the back line today was much better than it had been for the first two weeks. And Frosty had a really, really good game. I'd give him probably a 7 out of 10. I think a few mistakes he made in the first half cost us a couple of goals. But overall, it was definitely his best game of the year. Number nine, Hawthorne, Chankoff, Giaf. 21 disposal, 12 kicks, 9 handballs, 5 marks. 72% defensive half, 76% disposal efficiency, six contested possessions. He had um, six score involvements. He took, as he took five marks, 214 meters gained. Um, but I, or before I, I turn to you, Danny, to discuss him, I just want to go through sort of the quarter by quarter. So but quarter time, he's, he started brilliantly in the first quarter. He had 11. He had 11 disposals in the first quarter. By half time, he'd had 19. Then he had uh, one in the third quarter when Hawthorne as a whole went to sleep. And he had really had sort of one in the last as well. So he had 19 of his 21 disposals, I think, in the first half. So the, the classic game of two halves, how did you rate it? Yeah, absolutely. A tale of two halves. I thought his response after being slammed by um, certain members of the Hawks insiders during the week was uh, fantastic uh, in the first half. He did the the basics well, which is probably where he's come in for legitimate criticism, defended well, uh, other than the one in early in the second quarter that um, he should have uh, knocked over the line and Larky ended up marking and kicking a goal from. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought he was much better than than last week, and did we didn't get um, the fumbly hand stuff that we've had from um, from CJ so far this year. So uh, although he'll be disappointed that his second half only uh, consisted of two touches, um, and we missed we missed his run and his drive in finding the footy, um, I think that it's still a positive. It's still a step in the right direction. I'll give him a a, a six out of ten. Um, but you want to see 
a little bit more consistency throughout the game. We can't afford to have massive half and then a non-existent half. You'd rather him go at 75% of what he did for the first half and do it throughout the whole game. What you don't find out for you on TV is whether North ran a sort of a, a defensive forward in the second half. That's of course, true. you'd like to ask the commentators that, but they're watching, they had the same view as we did from they're watching from a bloody studio in South Melbourne. So they're, they're not to know either. And they're too busy worried about the grudge match that was happening between Mitchell and Clarkson. Yeah. Just, I'd like to know what the tactics were in the second half. It's certainly his first half was electric and Hawthorne, you know, first half of footy was really good. You know, clearly the best footy they've played for the season. And CJ was a very big part of that. Number 10 for Hawthorne, Carl Aim on 24 disposal. That would be 16 and eight, five marks, one tackle. Uh, pretty even split between defense and offense, as they say in America. He had uh, seven contested possessions, six turnovers, two intercept possessions. Um, he 582 meters gained. I think that might make him the leader at the moment for Hawthorne. Four stoppage clearances uh, of his five, um, and he did not attend a set of bounce because he's an outside midfielder. Brad, you were going through some stats before we started recording. You're a little bit surprised that he's acute, the way he accumulated the ball, but uh, he's sort of that. He became that sort of player for Thorn. You know, he can be an unintrusive player and get twenty plus touches. Yeah, I, to be honest, I thought he had a poor game. I might, uh, some might uh, disagree. Uh, I thought he turned it over a bit. Disposal uh, wasn't great. Um, I just, I'll, I'll give him a pass. Maybe I was watching. Someone else, Prinzi, might I disagree. I just I didn't think he was that good today. No, I thought he was just okay. I think you're right. There was two, I think he might have had six turnovers, and that's too many for somebody who can use the ball as well as he does. Um, yeah, I, I didn't. I thought he was okay. I didn't think he was fantastic. A rating, Brad? Uh, five. Pass, five. Just a pass. Number eleven, Connor is uh, Connor Nash. Uh, who I thought played a cracking game today, and I'm looking forward to you guys elaborating on that. 24 disposals, 15 and nine, three marks, six tackles, kicked two behind, 59% defensive half. He had uh, nine contested possessions, four turnovers, two intercept possessions, five score involvements, 402 meters gained, uh, obviously three clearances, two were center clearances. He didn't have a hit out yet, laid six tackles. He had 17 centre bounce attendances. He was the missing link into the midfield. He was the one that uh, was the reason why Newcomb and Warple played a bit less in the midfield. I thought his first, I thought his intent from the start was great. Clearly had a role, not a hard tag on Cunnington, but sort of run with Cunnington. And one thing about Cunnington, who I think is a super footballer, but you know what Nash was able to do again, only you know, watching from TV was heard him going the other way. You know, Cunnington's great. You know, he, he's tough and he, Clint, he wins the ball. But uh, getting it off you and is not always his, his strongest suit. And I thought Nash played real well on him. Yeah, I I agree. And I need to uh, offer up a public apology to Connor Nash. I um, went the early crow um, after a mistake or two early in the game and said, I don't want Connor Nash in the team. And then he proceeded to spend the rest of the day proving me uh, an absolute mug. He was uh, he was very good. Um, I think it speaks volumes of Ben Cunnington that 
a man the absolute size and strength of um, Connor Nash struggled to tackle him and he did a, he did as good a job as anybody, but Ben Cunnington is just an absolute brute of a human being. And I think the job that, um, that Nash did was and he really always good. plays well going to Hawthorne. He does just like everybody else. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, Nash was, I thought Nash was really good. Um, 24 touches is, is, uh, about the most you can expect from a player like Nash, who's normally a more low possession getter. Um, but they weren't cheap ones. They're not like, you know, we talked about Sicily having 28 and 18, but a lot of that was cheap kicking around the back. That wasn't that wasn't the sort of touches that Nash had. So um he gives a seven and a half for me. And uh and I thought he was really good. If that Nash keeps coming week in, week out, there's a place in the team for that Connor Nash. Absolutely. I thought it was one of the best games he's played for a while. Okay, Danny, you've got the next two because they were your special requests. So, Will Day, and we're going to break some news about Will Day very shortly. Uh, 29 disposals. He had uh, 11 marks, four tackles, a kick to point, 74% defensive half, um, 86% disposal efficiency. We're going to run through every stat here because he was so good today. Seven contested possessions, two turnovers, two intercept possessions. He had nine score involvements. He took 11 marks. One of those was contested. Took one mark inside 50, 470 meters gained. Um, he had five glimpses, one center, four stoppage. He had 15 center bounce attendances. So I think it puts him number two behind Nash so far on the day. Four rebound, three inside 50s, four rebound 50s. I said four tackles. Um, you got the tip off. You can break the news and then you can talk about uh, his game today, Danny. Yeah, well, I'm not going to say anything because I I don't want to um, put anything off. But I think we might see some positive news coming in the future. Uh, I think there's some good there's some good news coming around the corner for the Hawks. Um, and I'll let our uh, listeners speculate to as to what that is. But I think with timing and stuff like that, we might be able to piece it together. But I thought he was clearly clearly our best player today, and did absolutely everything you could ask of a um, midfielder who is new to the midfield, but looked like he was a season pro. He used the ball well off both feet. He um, used the ball well with his hands in traffic. He got involved in uh, attacking links, uh, attacking chains. He, he did everything. He got laid out and bounce back up like it was nothing. And, you know, I think that speaks of... That the... was old-style football. I loved that. Part. That was, so that's that was the part that's sort of going out of the game, and Michael Christian will have a look at that. But, geez, that was the 80s footy that I loved. Yeah, yeah. it was... And just great. He just got straight up, got them yep. going. No fuss at all. And I think that speaks to the man. I think that speaks to who he is. Uh, and I reckon the his teammates would have got a lot out of seeing that happen um anyway look i'm i'm a i'm a huge will day fan uh i backed him last year when he had a down year and uh and we're starting to see i think what a lot of supporters saw in will early on we saw the glimpses now we're seeing exactly what the will day package can do and i think that the longer this sort of form goes, the more zeros he's writing on the end of his checkbook on the end of his check uh, for his next contract. So um, if McKenzie and McCartney and co could please get that sorted out ASAP, that would be fantastic. I give him a nine out of 10. Um, Brad, is it the best three games in a row he's played? He's almost his best uh, consistent burst of footy since he's, he's been at the club. 
Oh, absolutely. His first few years, he's been in and out, you know, through uh, injury, suspension. Obviously, had you know, he started as a half-back, but you can see in his body size, and I've mentioned this since we started uh, Hawks Insiders, he reminds me his body shape's very similar to Nat Fye. When Fye first came onto the scene, I'm not sure if you remember, he was built exactly Super the skinny. same as Will. Super skinny, but had the height and size. Day's yeah. got that similar build. I think Day in a few, like he's going to be a really good uh, midfielder for a long period of time, but he's got the frame similar to Paddy Cripps, not as thick, but he'll be able to push forward and we'll, I reckon we'll see him have games when he's dominating where he'll have 25 and kick three goals. He's just got that build. He's got, you know, that skill as well. So I mentioned it a few, like last year, it might have even been uh, the year before, he reminds me of a young Nat Fyfe. We're very happy with his game today and uh, he can buy half of Adelaide if he uh, continues in that form. Okay, you last one you request, or the next one you requested, so we'll stick with you, Danny. Dylan Moore, 26 disposals, 18 and 8, 12 marks, three tackles, two goals, one, 40% defensive, 60% offensive, five contested possessions, 77% disposal efficiency, one turnover, one intercept possession. This is a two goals, one. Uh, he had uh, took 12 marks, all uncontested, 528 metres gained, 22 pressure acts. Two clearances, seven inside 50s, one rebound 50, uh, five one percenters, uh, no centre bounce attendance. So the uh, Dylan Moore becoming an elite midfielder is not quite happening at the moment. Danny, you requested to discuss Dylan Moore's game. Tell us about it. Yeah, add on to that, and I'm, I'm, unless I missed it, was um, was two goal assists as well. Um, I thought he um, played that high half forward role incredibly well and and probably the only one in my mind that comes close to to Will Day um was was Dylan Moore and I think you know we we start to get a little immune to the 26 touch two two goal games that that Moore had because he had them most weeks last year as well but he he was so good, so so good. He used the ball well by foot. Um, you know, 528 meters gained, as you said. Um, he he got distance for us, but he got it in a way that kept us the ball. And we've got to remember, we've got to we're going through player by player. But what you what we don't pick up on on the review pod is, um, we we didn't have a lot of tall targets. Um, we dropped no. Cozzy, our, our tallest forward was Fergus Green. And I think that says everything you need to know about the work that our forwards had to do. And um, somebody like Dylan Moore definitely did that. And he he was fantastic. And I think, you know, I, the one thing I just wanted to talk about was that passion for the shirt, that love for the club. When he kicked that second goal uh, and grabbed the sh- that 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 picture needs to be on every Hawthorne social media page. It's just beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. And and if you're on a Hawthorne supporter, a Hawthorne member, Hawthorne fan, and you don't feel, um, I don't know, the emotions don't get stirred, and you don't feel a little bit of romanticism about what happened there, like. There's something wrong with you, I reckon. That was just ten out of ten, and 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 I'll give him an eight and a half out of ten for his game too. But I give him a ten out of ten in my heart for, for, for passion. 
Well, I mean, that gesture was interesting because it was uh, it was the gesture of someone who said, you know, you've all been coming for for my footy club the last week. But He took it personally, didn't he? he? Did, that's right. I took, I've been taking it personally. And he's been taking receipts and listening to what's been said about the footy club this week. And, I mean, if, you, the, if you've got time if, to listen to uh, Andy Gowers on 3W, you'll be able to get on off their socials. The tour account. You know, he also talked beforehand he, about how affronted he was by some of the criticism that the clubs been receiving and suggesting that the clubs been tanking. And I think he took it personally. And I think certainly Dylan Moore took it personally as well. Okay, Brad, back with you for this one. Jack Scrimshaw, twenty-five disposals, fifteen marks, ten handballs, nine marks, a tackle, a goal in his first game for the year. Mainly defensive, of course. Eighty-eight percent disposal efficiency, six contested possessions. Two turnovers, seven intercept possessions, um, eight uncontested, one contested mark, 299 metres gained. Um, he had, uh, yeah, so that was the tail of tape for Jack Scrimshaw. I think a few of us were trying to justify why he shouldn't be in the side for these first couple of weeks and even through the practice matches might are eating a bit of humble pie because... Uh, showed today that he's clearly a member of Hawthorne's best 18 and a pretty important player on the side. Absolutely. He was brilliant today. I mentioned it a few times, how much better our backline looks with Scrim down there. It's just level-headed, defended really well. His disposal's really, really good. Uh, I thought he actually, I thought he played a brilliant game, especially only, you know, with it being his first game back. We know he's obviously had a couple of... uh, knocks you know to start uh, the season i think he had a thigh injury maybe a calf as well or a knee knock um he was brilliant today i thought he was one of our top five best players today and i'd give him a uh, eight out of ten number 15 blake hardwick 23 disposals 19 for 11 marks four tackles all defensive half 87 percent disposal efficiency four contested possessions of his 23 um, two turnovers, three intercept possessions. Um, 384 metres gained, 11 pressure acts. Um, you, you can go again, Brad. I think uh, it was sort of back to the sort of unobtrusive but good games that Damien, uh, that, uh, Damien Hart, Blake Hardwick played, uh, has been playing for the last couple of years. Absolutely. He was really, really good today. Uh, got a bit more of the ball than he normally does. I think last year, his possessions went up a bit this year, not so much the first couple of games, but today was really, really solid. A typical uh, Dimmer Hardwick game, really tough in the contest, defended well and got uh, the ball himself. So, yeah, really, really good game from Hardwick. Uh, seven out of ten from me. Fourth on sub today was Lockie Bramble. He came on uh, midway through the third quarter when it was clear, and we'll discuss Finn McGuinness, there was no real role for McGuinness. He had seven disposals, four and three, two marks, a tackle. Uh, not much else to say. Two turnovers, three intercept possessions from Bramble. Um, Danny, anything remarkable about his game? Hard, hard to give subs a, a rating, isn't it? I think he's he's probably getting unless they come on it and they clearly yeah. affect the result, which he didn't do. Yeah, he he didn't, and I think he he was fine. He I'll give him a, a pass, mate. He can have a five, but it's more on what he did in the period of time that he was there, and he didn't have a a substantial impact on the game at all. Brad, interested in your views on number seventeen, Lloyd Meek, eight disposals, four and four, one mark, two tackles. So Hawthorne's ruckman. 
combined took two marks. For the day, 23% defensive, 77% offensive, 38% disposal efficiency. All these possessions were contested, all eight of them. Um, six turnovers. He had uh, one goal assist, one score involvement, 109 metres gained, four clearances, seven hitouts from nine centre bounce attendances, 30 ruck contests, the worst shank, shank kick for goal at one stage. Um, but he's, I mean, he's still finding his way um, in. So I think it was his 17th game of or 18th game of senior footy. Um, I like the aggro. Same with Ned Rees. I thought they, they were harder at the contest today, even if they if the stats sheet wasn't all that flattering. Ash, you're nicer than I am. Those two players infuriate me like no end. <laughs> I know Lloyd Meeks only played a few games with us, but for Lloyd Meek and Ned Reeves to combine for two marks is just deplorable. Uh, Meek, I thought, was probably one of our bottom four players uh, today. Reeves, average as well, has had a shocking start uh, to the season. Let's call a spade a spade. His 210 centimetres has taken three marks for the year. Lloyd Meek, eight, what was that? Eight hit outs, eight possessions, six turnovers. Yeah, he might have shown a bit of uh, aggro. Last week he was much better. He had eight uh, tackles last week. But I'm sorry, those two at the moment are not working well. Hopefully they will be in, say, five, six, seven, eight games' time. But in my opinion, that rock combination to start the season has been terrible. I know that might sound harsh, but no, no good. Meek, I'd give a two out of ten for his game uh, today. And Reeves, I thought you were nicer than uh, you should have been. I'd give him a three and a half. Brad, Brad, Brad. Uh, you're a hard man. Number 22 is Luke Bruce. Eight touches, five kicks, three handballs, five marks, zero, two. Disappointing. He probably should have been two, zero, really. 87% defense, uh, offensive half, 62% disposal efficiency, three contested possessions. Um, he took five marks, all uncontested, took one, one mark inside 50, 203 metres gained, one clearance. Uh, scratchy game, Danny. Yeah, a bit of a non-existent anonymous game for for Luke Bruce. And uh, he's been our main avenue to goal or main goal threat uh, in the first couple of weeks. And, you know, he had a couple of decent chances, which he on a, on another, any given day probably would have, would have scored, but uh, didn't take them. And, you know, I think the exciting thing is we were able to kick a winning score, even if it was mainly because North was so poor, um, but we were able to kick a winning score without him contributing. And uh, I struggled to see that happening before the start of the year. So um, yeah, that makes me happy, but uh, can only really give him a, a three out of 10, I think. Feels bad saying that about a triple premiership hero. He'll he'll save his best for Easter Monday. The big crowd, the, the old hope. enemy. He'll uh, he'll play well. All right, Josh Ward, twenty-seven disposals, fourteen and thirteen, five marks and a tackle. Didn't score seventy-one percent defensive half. He had ten contested possessions. He had six turnovers, two intercept possessions. He um, two hundred sixty-two meters gained. Five clearances, one of those was centre four stoppage. He had um, two inside 50s, 
He had eight center bounce attendances. I'm trying to find uh, he had four score involvements. Uh, I thought he played well, Brad. Yeah, Ward had a really solid game. Danny, you want to talk about him as well. So better than Danny. Yeah, I was going to say uh, really, really good game. 27 touches is excellent for Ward. I think we sometimes forget how young Ward is. Uh, I think today's the type of game where we're going to see him play 150-plus types of these games. He's going to get his 27. He's going to take a few marks, have a few tackles. Uh, I think, what did you say? He had two inside 50. So hopefully that'll improve. Um, But I thought it was a really solid game for Josh uh, Ward. Just shows, you know, his ability to find uh, the ball. And I thought he was really, really solid. I I would give him a a 7.5 out of 10. Sorry, Danny, you want to discuss Ward, so... Yeah, and, and look, Brad's covered it pretty well. I, I just... I, I didn't think he was very good by by hand or foot. Like, there was periods of time where... I think he might have had something like six turnovers. Um, and, he, look, he wasn't on his own, but um, he turned it over a few times. But I thought his second and third efforts in um, getting to the next context contest to fix his mistake um, was really, really good. And to just accumulate those sorts of touches um, was, was awesome. And you just show he's just a really composed person that you want, even though I'm just, I've just finished saying how he turned the ball over. He's the sort of guy you want with the ball in his hand because you, you feel like you can trust him. Um, and yeah, I just thought, I thought, I just thought he was really good and it was a great step in the right direction for, for our young midfield brigade, including Josh Ward today. Um, I thought they were all very good. Uh, screen, 10 disposals, seven and three, four marks, zero tackles, two goals, two. Um, he had, uh, three turnovers, two intercept possessions, Eight score involvements, um, four uncontested, all these marks uncontested, three marks inside, 50, 173 metres gained. He is a poor man's Jack Gunston, Fergus Green, but I thought today he played a Gunston-esque sort of game, Brad. Yeah, Fergus had a really good game. Missed, I thought he, like he could have ended up with four. Missed an easy snap from right in front. Missed another set shot, which was a little further out. He's normally a really, really good kick for goal. So he, he actually could have ended up kicking four goals, but he presented well all day. I think Prinzy uh, mentioned it before. It was probably our, you know, other than Meek uh, resting down there, he was our tallest forward. So he worked really hard. He doesn't get a lot of the ball, but he still creates enough uh, opportunities. So four shots on goals, a really good effort. Um, I thought he had a, a really good game. I'd probably give him a 7 out of 10. Um, you know, if you're getting two goals out of Fergus Green every week, he's definitely doing his job. Number 28 is um, Cam McKenzie. Brad, this is another one you want to discuss. 20 disposals, 11 and 9, 3 marks, 9 tackles, uh, 65% disposal efficiency, 8 contested possessions, uh, 6 turnovers, 1 intercept possession. Um, Five score involvements, 290 metres gained, two clearances, one centre, one stoppage, four centre bounce attendances. Before you say your thing, Brad, a couple of times I thought he he still thought he was playing schoolboy footy a couple of times and he got he got caught with a ball a, a couple of times. But uh, give him some space, 
Get him use the ball, use the ball properly. He's such an exciting player for Hawthorne. He uh, may, uh, he might get picked for the Rising Star this week, or they might find someone else. Some McElhaney, I think, played quite well for Adelaide, but um, it's not far away. Oh, he was a tale of two halves, but his first half showed what he was going to be. He had twelve touches, five tackles, when it eighty six percent. So I think he finished in the sixties. His second half was not great, but he ran out of legs. But we saw in the first half, he's a mini Mitchell. He's a mini Sam uh, Mitchell. Kicked his first goal, uh, which was great. But what we saw in the first half, when he's able to put that together for four quarters, we're going to have an elite midfielder. So impressed me a lot. To get 20 touches was really good. You know, he had, I think, 18 in his first game in round one. He was really poor uh, last week, but it wasn't his fault. He got taken out of the midfield. I think Prinzi mentioned it uh, before. We saw today uh, Warple was played that role, so someone else will probably get that against uh, the Cats, that high half forward role. But Cam McKenzie, if he's in uh, the side, needs to play as a midfielder. So bounced back really well. I know he had a quiet second half, but that first half was very exciting, and we can see why he was taken pick seven and rated so highly. Ranking? Uh, eight, oh, seven and a half out of ten. It would have been high if he had a better second half, but that first half for someone in their third game was brilliant. Connor McDonald wears 31 for Hawthorne, 16 disposals, 10 and 6, five marks, three tackles, kicked a goal because he loves a goal, almost as much as Dylan Moore does, 88% disposal efficiency, five contested possessions, two turnovers for intercept possessions, uh, 245 metres gained he had three tackles didn't have a clearance did not take part in a center bounce at two inside 50s danny i i i mean i i love connor mcdonald i there's something about mcdonald he does he does things that are really hard and he makes them look easy um and he does he hasn't had games where he gets a lot of the ball um, 15, 16 touches today, sure. Kicked a goal, kicked a beautiful goal, almost kicked another one, which just died um, in the last quarter. I thought he was going to nail it from about 48 out. Um, but yeah, he, he's involved a little bit like Dylan Moore. He's involved in all of our good stuff going forward. And I think it bodes so well for him. I, I eventually see him settling as a, as a pure midfielder. I don't know how we're going to fit all these players into the midfield, but I eventually see him settling as a pure midfielder. Uh, and I think he'll be one of those midfielders that you can rely on to get goals for you from the midfield. And they're so, so, so valuable. So yeah, I, I give him a seven out of 10. I thought he was really good. And I thought, um, I, I thought a lot of our good stuff came through him, which was, which was awesome. It was a nice goal he kicked as well. It was a very, Classy goal. Just knows where to be. Yeah. Geez, mm. we're racing through these. Only two more players to go. It's just said this showing the way. That's how you do it. Nice and concise. And That's why you're the master. Well, forget Weiss and Levine. They ramble, ramble, ramble. Oh, I but think a... I think most of that was my fault, actually. <laughs> uh Finn McGuinness for Hawthorne. He was subbed out midway through the third quarter. Really once uh and we'll talk about. North's absences, I think, before we finish up. And they, could, they, they did catch a break with uh, Davis Uniaki not playing. Let's not beat around the bush there. Um, Beginner sort of 
didn't really have a role, sort of played a bit sort of halfback flanker, but I'm not sure that's his best position. 11 disposals, 6 and 5, 4 marks and a tackle. Purely defensive, 100% in fact, defensive half. One contested possession. Um, he had 94 metres gained. He did not take part in the centre bounce. As I said, uh, Brad, it didn't really have a match-up for him and in in hindsight, he's always the logical player probably to come off and, and to get Bramble on in the third quarter for, as a tactical sub for a bit more run. Absolutely. He was really poor today, Finn. I uh, thought he'd go to Harry Sheasel. I'm not sure why he didn't, especially once uh, Luke Davies' uh, Uniac pulled out late. If Finn's in the team, he plays as a tagger. If he doesn't get given a role, he shouldn't be in the team. So, unfortunately, he hasn't developed his game much. Um He's a run-with player. Uh, I don't think he is going to be at anything else. So it'd be interesting to see what happens when we play Geelong on Easter Monday because Geelong's midfield's not that great. Uh, and I'm not sure who Finn would play on. Uh, they don't really have any damaging running half-backmen. So the only match person I think he'd play on would probably be a Tom Stewart type. But I can't see that ad happening. So I think... Uh, if it was me, I think uh, Finn would be going out of the side and I'd be giving a Cooper Stevens a run. We'll need another midfielder against uh, Geelong. Um, so, yeah, if there's no player for Finn to tag in Geelong, I don't think he's in our best team. I might be harsh, but that's my opinion. Uh, number 33, finally, is Tyler Brockman. Um, he... First number 33 for about five years to run around for Hawthorne. 11 disposals, eight kicks, three handballs, six marks, three tackles, three goals, one 81% time in the offensive half, 64% disposal efficiency, four contested possessions. Uh, he had two turnovers, one intercept possession, one goal assist, seven score involvements, 220 metres gained, um, two one percenters. Brad, you requested Tyler Brockman. Tell us about the great story to come out of the day for Hawthorne. He was simply brilliant today. I'm not sure if you remember when we had our end-of-year dinner. I spoke very highly of Tyler Brockman, raised a few uh, eyebrows, but I think we forget when he first started his first few games, we just saw the signs there that an X-Factor was there. And it was unfortunate we missed him all of last year at a shoulder uh, reconstruction. Oh, 10 seconds of football. Correct. All of last season. He came in today, was really, really good. He also could, similar to Fergus, could have ended up with probably five today. But he played really, really well. And I've mentioned it a few times. He reminds me um, of a Willow, Mark uh, Williams, who was a really underrated star play for us um you know in the early to you know mid 2000s um but i think brockman if he can stay fits an important play because he can play tall and small but he's got a bit of x factor which is something our forward line lacks so he needs to stay in the side hopefully he remains fit but for me uh i think he's an important play for us and um i think he's definitely uh you know, in our best, you know, 10 or so our players when he's uh, fully fit. What do you think of his game, Danny? 
Uh, sorry, I'm I'm just shocked that you think he's in our best ten or so players when he's fully fit. When the kids played about six games, I mean potentially. But, yeah, sorry. like okay, sorry. Um, yeah, no, I think like, I left out the word potentially. Yeah, 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 pretty important word in that. The context is everything. Um, I thought he was phenomenal today, and I think everything Brad said, I absolutely agree with. I think in a in a in a forward line that just lacks so much x factor especially with no Mitch Lewis um you know where are your goals going to come from uh i thought uh, tyler was phenomenal um defensive pressure was great uh you are right Brad i think there's the shades of mark williams with that sort of more upright running style you know cyril kind of runs w- would run around like a cat and and had that real sort of fluidity about the way he went but um but Brockman kind of strikes me as more of a small uh leading forward who likes to jump on people's heads as well and um the commentators kept saying and I, I kind of agree you just have the feeling that he'll have a a, a mark of the year or, or something like that before his career's finished and um you know I think the most important thing is how how great for this bloke who's been through the ringer in his short AFL career um, like you said, Ash, 10 seconds of football, VFL football last year um, before dislocating his shoulder and getting it um, completely redone. And then, you know, becomes a, a father to two twin girls in the off season. Will he come back from WA? He's back. He's repaying the faith that the club showed in him, allowing him to stay in WA over the preseason. And look, fingers crossed, um, you know, like Brad said, that he that he has a, a really great run at it this year, that um, he has no injury because he he's got 30 to 40 goals in him this year if he, if he stays fitting in the team and as long as he's fit he should be in the team because he offers us something nobody else on our list really offers Brad ranking rating uh eight and a half yeah well earned he he was terrific today in in Portland's best five players and question for both of you just uh how does Sam Mitchell coach today oh I thought he had a big win a big win and that's um you just know that Alistair Clarkson was preparing for this game for a long time because it would have meant a lot to him. It wasn't a nice way that he exited the Hawthorne footy club. And um, he's a, a strong man with a strong character um, who, who would have wanted to prove the doubters wrong. And I thought Mitchell coached incredibly well. We understand that um, Luke Davies Uniac wasn't playing. Jai Simkin got himself suspended, you know, but again, we had important players, not play as well. And maybe not to that same level. Mitch Lewis is as important to us as any of those two are to, to the ruse, but um, you know, for him to drop a key defender and still keep Larkey and Combin to, I think, three goals between them. Um, that's a that's a tactical, that's a coaching coaching thing. The players play well for sure, but the way that he used the the third man up and and the scrimshaws and the Sicilies and the Hardwicks leaving their man to make a contest was that's coaching. Uh, and yeah, I I just think the way that we changed the whole way style of play to get that win today, because that's what was important. Um, We went from trying to use the corridor wherever possible to using the flanks, chipping the ball around, waiting for um, opportunities to open up. And um, that a lot of that comes down to Mitchell and his coaching staff. So he gets an eight and a half out of 10 for me today. I thought he was fantastic. Yeah. I thought he coached well. I was concerned in the third quarter, not surprised that North came back because Hawthorne, Dominated for parts of the third quarter, but just kept kicking to North Melbourne. The, the, the forward line didn't work 
for large parts of the third quarter. So it didn't surprise you that North eventually got back into the game. Um, but, you know, they don't, I think what well, they kicked two old nine in the last quarter, something like that. So they sort of dominated the last quarter and left it to quite late to put the, to, to put the, you know, to, to apply the scoreboard pressure. But I thought he coached really well today. The game was on Hawthorne's so, and he felt pretty comfortable. And it's so often the case with Hawthorne after, I know Brad was going panicking after 30 seconds when North got the first goal. Um, but you there sort was of a game felt, over message, I, I, re- I think I remember. <laughs> after 10 minutes, you felt Hawthorne were playing the game on their terms. And when Hawthorne, and especially in Tasmania, when Hawthorne are playing, when you, you can tell when the game's down in Launceston, if it's been played in Hawthorne's terms after 10 minutes, they're usually good things to win it. And uh, that's the way it turned out to be. So well done, Sam. He's had a lot of pressure. Um, a lot of unfair criticism came his way this week. For the first time, I heard Hawthorne supporters venting on TalkBack. There was a very unpleasant caller on 3W at one stage saying that uh, Mitchell had no clue and getting rid of Clarkson was a big mistake and the old threatened to tear up his membership sort of thing. But uh, first time I've heard the really dissenting voice of any Hawthorne supporter, at least one publicly. But I thought Sam had a really good week and very entitled to be very pleased with the way the week turned out. Um, I'm not sure the way they played today, Brad, will be sustainable against Geelong. Uh, Geelong will have a field day. The entries in the forward line aren't anything like particularly Tom Stewart back in their side after his miraculous comeback from a knee injury. Uh, I want to deliver the ball to the forward line a lot better than they did today in large parts, but you would go to the MCG now, I think, on Easter Monday, Brad, looking to see just how this young team matches up against the, the the reigning premiers? Oh, absolutely. If we play like we did in the first half, I think we need to try and possess the ball. It'll be interesting to see if Chris Scott allows what Clarko did today. I thought Clarkson was really poor in the first half at allowing Hawks uh, to dictate uh, the play. I don't think Chris Scott will allow that. Uh, I know we beat Geelong last year. Last year against Geelong, I'm pretty sure off the top of my head, I might be wrong, but between Mitch Lewis, um, I think Tom Mitchell and Jager both kicked goals in that game as well. We're not going to have Lewis. We're not going to have Mitchell and Jager in the midfield to match up against the experienced Cats. I, th- I hope I'm uh, wrong, but I, I, I just can't see us getting within probably 40 points of uh, Geelong. It'll be interesting because if they lose tomorrow, tomorrow's no uh, gimme for the Cats. Uh they could go zero and three. So Easter Monday will be a massive game. 15th, 15th versus 14th or something. Yeah. Um, that game actually turned with, um, in the last quarter, they put Amira on Stewart as a negating forward. And Stewart didn't get a touch in the last quarter. Yeah. had just stopped him getting the ball. So Our experienced sure. players won us that game yeah, uh, they did. last year. So. so I don't think that'll be the case this week. But anyway, it's good to enjoy the win. It was always good to anticipate Easter Monday. It's one, probably the last time of the year when the eyes of the football world will be on Hawthorne. So they should enjoy the uh, enjoy basking all of that because uh, they go off Broadway pretty much the rest of the year after this one. So uh, well done, Hawks. Good to get the win. Good to get two people off their back for the next seven days or so. It's good to take part in football conversation again, knowing that your team's had a win. That has been the Hawks Insiders Match Review Podcast. Don't forget the spaces on Wednesday night. I think uh, we've got two more spaces on a Wednesday night before we move back to Thursdays. I think you'll be very capable hands of Danny Prince 
driving this week. A few of us unavailable, but uh, I'm sure we'll be very capable hands. Danny and a couple of people coming off the bench with great. Yeah. We're calling it the Box Hill Insiders, and I promise that it won't go for an hour and 30 minutes. <laughs> the Box Hill Insiders. Right now, please listen. Um, it will be a good one. So uh, thanks to everyone who supported Hawks Insiders. $5 a month, $50 a year for great Hawks content. Don't forget our match recap will be up sometime uh, early Monday with our final look at the game, the win over North Melbourne. Um, I think that's all. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Ash. Thank you to you, Brad. Uh, have you passed over to those who do as well? Because I won't be talking before that starts. So uh, for those who do, enjoy that. Happy Easter as well. So we will talk to you again on the spaces in the middle of the week. Um, and thanks for your support of Hawk Insiders. Enjoy the rest of the weekend and we'll see you soon. Bye. This was another Hawks Insiders production. Make sure to subscribe to our Substack for wall-to-wall Hawthorne Footy Club coverage.